Welcome, everybody. This is Michael Rosso. This is the April 1st, 2012 Film Photography Podcast, episode number 56. This is the internet radio show for folks who love to shoot film, and I am here to welcome you. It's a great great month and on this show i'm going to be joined in the studio in a few minutes by john fideli and dane johnson we're going to be uh, talking about kodak box cameras we're going to be talking about unusual 35 millimeter cameras we're going to be talking about the new kodak pro photo xl 135 millimeter film in just a few seconds we're going to have a roll-in from the international center of photography in new york city where our fpp man on the street hunter white interviewed Brian Wallace, the chief curator of the Ouija exhibit. Ouija, murder is my business. We're going to be hearing from Dan Domi. He's going to be talking about pinhole cameras. Hey, we have an event this month, Matt Mirage Gallery Show, Dapper, his barbershop project. It's opening at Aperture Tremont in Cleveland, Ohio. April 14th is the premiere of the show. In just a few seconds, I'm going to be talking about that. We're going to have a book of the month. Matt Mirage is going to be talking about Get Your Pictures Printed. We have all this and a ton more. Oh my God! Don't go away. We'll be right, we'll be right back. pictures and minutes with Pronto, Polaroid's low-priced automatic, and the new Super Clear SX-70 film. It's clear, it's got to be Pronto. It's clear, it's got to be Pronto. It's clear, Polaroid's Pronto. What do you say? Pronto! Hey, we're back. On April 14th of this month, Dapper, a distinct photography show opens at Aperture Tremont in Cleveland, Ohio. Before I give away the facts and figures, let's hear Matt Marash and Scott Myvogel from Aperture chit-chat. Chit-chat. Hey everybody, Matt Marash here. I'm in downtown Cleveland today talking with Scott Myvogel at the Aperture Photography and Variety Store in Tremont and we're talking about this, uh, this upcoming show going on Saturday, April 14th at 6 o'clock at Aperture and we're going to be having a show of, of some of my prints. Scott, what do you have to say? Uh, Matt is here right now showing me some samples of these prints. And you guys, you have to see them. They are very, very, very impressive. The night of the show, we're going to have music. We're going to have drinks. We're going to have food. It's going to be a great time. And obviously, we're going to have our pinhole cameras here, all our film available, all our cameras available. But more importantly, it's the prints. This project is unbelievable what he has done. you got to see it to believe it. So... 6 p.m. April 14th. Make sure you guys are here. Call with any questions, any hotel recommendations, dining recommendations, whatever you guys need. Just give us a call. We'll tell you where to go. We're going to have the info up on the Film Photography Project website at filmphotographyproject.com and as well as the Aperture Tremont website. Yes, indeed. AperturetreMont.com. Our blog will definitely be the place where all the details are. Blog, Facebook page, all that good stuff. I'm, I'm sure you guys know where it's at. If not, let us know. We'll tell you where to go. All right. Thanks a lot, Scott. No, no. Thank you. I'll see you uh, April 14th. Yep. Hope to see you all there. That was Matt Marash and Scott Myvogel from Aperture talking about the upcoming show, April 14th, Dapper, 
a distinct photography show. Matt toured the Northeast and Midwest in search of old school barbershops and shot his images with his Eastman commercial 8x10 camera. He meticulously processed and printed each image in the darkroom by hand, and this show will run April 14th to April 28th with an opening reception party on the 14th. Please do come down on the 14th. It's going to be awesome. Another exciting show, this in New York City, is the Ouija Murder Is My Business exhibit. Of course, Ouija, the infamous photographer in a fedora from New York City in the 1940s, 50s, on the scene of all the uh, crime happenings in the area. This is an awesome exhibit. And Hunter White, who you may remember just a few months ago, was on the show. He's our NYC man on the streets. And he caught up with Brian Wallace, the chief curator at the International Center of Photography in New York City, to chit-chat about this awesome exhibit. Let's, uh, let's listen in. This is Hunter White for the Film Photography Podcast. I'm sitting here with Brian Wallace, chief curator at ICP, the International Center of Photography in New York. How are you doing today, Brian? Good. Lovely day in New York City. So Ouija is kind of the big exhibit that's on right now, um, Murder is My Business. Can you give us a little background on Ouija just in general? Well, one of the things that precipitated this exhibition, of course, is that <clears throat> ICP owns the Ouija archive. So we have about 20,000 photographs by Ouija, as well as his negative archive and papers and personal effects and his hat and his camera and so forth. So, uh, you know, it's great to um, show those things and uh, they're fantastic pictures that we all gravitate towards. But more importantly, I think um, there's been kind of a sea change in the scholarship and the thinking around Ouija um, so that instead of regarding him as this kind of anomaly in the world of fine art photography, it's been possible to recontextualize him uh, in his actual profession, which was as a photojournalist. Um, and so this exhibition focuses on really the first 10 years of his career when photojournalism was just becoming widespread in um, newspapers in the United States, particularly tabloid newspapers. And one thing that's really interesting and unique about Ouija is that he chose a very narrow subject matter. He didn't go to every ribbon cutting and every political photo opportunity. He really decided early on, for whatever reasons, to focus on police work. So he photographed car crashes, he photographed lineups, he photographed um, dead gangsters, uh, he photographed tenement fires. These were kind of the bread and butter subjects that he covered uh, as a freelance photographer from the mid-1930s to the mid-1940s. And he immigrated to the United States, was it at 11? Yeah. Well, that's one of the interesting things about Ouija, he's sort of a self-made man or uh, even a repeatedly remade persona, like a lot of immigrants he changed his name coming to this country, and then, of course, professionally, he changed his name from Arthur Felig to Ouija, which was the name that he went by mostly during his photographic career. But more importantly, I think the, the exhibition tries to demonstrate that he really created not only a new name for himself, but a new persona. And in uh, uh, over 1,500 self-portraits that he took throughout his career, he continually represented himself in ways that he wanted others to see him. Uh, so in this exhibition, uh, for the early part of his career, he very much wanted to be represented as this kind of 
gangster who had an in with both the police and with the criminal faction. You know, he wore the slouch hat fedora. He's always on the scene pointing to the evidence, pointing to the wrecked car. Really the man in the know and kind of the prototype for the film noir detective. In this case, a kind of photo detective who documents himself as well as the crime scene. I find it interesting how, especially immigrant photographers such as Robert Frank and Ouija, they have a very different outlook on America. Like, Ouija stuff, it's almost sadistic. The photo that comes to mind is the Just Add Boiling Water photograph mm-hmm. of the burning building. I, I, I don't quite know what it is. I mean, do you have any idea why, as an immigrant, it seems to be different? Yeah, that's a really, really good point, and central to both this exhibition and the exhibition, The Radical Camera, now at the Jewish Museum, because um, a central part of our exhibition is when Ouija himself showed at the Photo League, which was really, for him, a club of other uh, first- or second-generation immigrants who um, you know, were, were raised in the impoverished conditions of the Lower East Side or the you know, the multi-ethnic ghettos of New York City and really felt that that way of life and that culture was not being represented photographically and that's what they sought to do. And I think like other immigrants, and you mentioned uh, Frank and others who came to this country, I think they were able to see the everyday life of the culture that a lot of other fine art photographers were maybe looking away from. So the the culture of heroic modernism of the 20s and 30s, which kind of culminated in New York in the 1939 World's Fair, uh, with his gleaming abstract monuments of the Trilon and Parisphere, that was completely different from what Ouija was looking at. He was looking at the, the dirt and the grime and the crime of the street level view of the Lower East Side and Chinatown and Harlem and, um, you know, really the working class enclaves of a very proletarian New York City. His name, Ouija, comes from the fact that he would show up just almost, not out of nowhere, but he, he kind of monitored the police recordings and it seemed like that's all he did. Could it be safe to say that he was almost obsessive about it? I think it would be not only safe, but obvious that he was obsessive uh, in many ways. I would tend to dispute the story that he propagated that his name Ouija came from the Ouija board and how he had this sort of psychic relation to when uh, crimes and news events were going to occur. I think uh, from looking at accounts of the period and talking to people who were around then, it's much more likely that his name Ouija came from the fact that he worked for over 20 years behind the scenes in the dark room, and one of his functions was to operate the squeegee to dry off the prints. And, you know, the, the old-timers say they would call out to him, Hey, squeegee boy, get over here. So, you know, it's not surprising that in refashioning himself, he would uh, obliterate that somewhat demeaning version in favor of uh, another spin on his nickname. But I think it also goes to the fact of how he was seeing and representing himself. So he did want to be the first on the scene. He did want to have a catchy story about himself and his name. And he did want to be the one who got the exclusive shot. That's what it was all about. It was a business. I mean, the title is not in the least ironic. Murder is my business. He was a businessman. And since he was operating as a freelancer, he didn't have a steady income if he didn't get out there every day and hustle. 
So for him, it was a business about selling pictures. It almost seems like he created a kind of cult around himself. I mean, in some of the newspapers and magazines you have on display, there's like a little stamp that says this was taken by Ouija, essentially. I mean, how was he perceived at the time? I mean, how did the police perceive him? It seems no. almost like he would be kind of suspected or thought of as a creep in a way. Well, that's, that's an interesting um, group of questions. As I was suggesting in refashioning himself, he was really doing what we would call today branding himself. Uh, he developed not only this nickname, this logo, but uh, really a rubber stamp that labeled himself as Ouija the Famous. It wasn't other people calling him the Famous, yeah. it was him. Uh, he, was, uh, he was a great PR person. He went around and sold his story to a variety of magazines. You know, the background behind his humble upbringing and his uh, living in this tiny one-room apartment and how he covered all these stories and so forth. So he was a great salesman for his product, which was not only himself but the pictures that he took. Um, and he understood that a part of that business was being uh, friends with both the police, uh, and he was very friendly. He, his apartment was across the street from the police station. He took pictures for the police officers' kids' birthday parties. You know, he did everything to ingratiate himself. So it was important to be friends with them, but also with the criminals. These guys were in there. A lot of it was waiting around. He befriended them. He'd run and get them a pack of cigarettes or something. And he always said to them, you know, when the final day comes, I'll take a good picture of you lying on the sidewalk. (laughs) (laughs) You said he made friends with kind of, I mean, the mob and the police. Yeah. Did he have any friends really outside of this? Because, I mean, we stated that he was almost obsessive. What was he kind of like as a person? I mean, he's kind of the myth, as you say, yeah. but it's kind of hard to go beneath that. Personally, for the, for the 10 years that we covered here, so 1936 to 46 approximately, <clears throat> he did basically live alone in this one-room apartment across from the police headquarters. As you can see in our reconstruction, it's not very large. Uh, just a bed and his pictures tacked up on the wall and some photographic equipment. That was basically it. And he lived and breathed photography. I mean, he worked all night. He would hear the call over the police radio. He would go to the scene. He would take the pictures. He would come back and he'd print the pictures. And then he'd go out and sell the pictures, making the rounds to the 12 or 13 daily newspapers that existed at the time, as well as photo agencies, which were coming into um, prominence then. And then he'd go to bed and sleep all day. And then he'd get up and do it again. And he did this every day. He says at one point in his autobiography that he covered 5,000 murders in New York. And I thought that was just like ridiculous, hyperbolic. But then I went back and I looked. uh, There were approximately 500 murders per year on average between 1936 and 46. So for 10 years, that's 5,000 murders, and he probably did cover some aspect of every one of them. He was that obsessive. Yeah, if exaggerated, only a slight. (laughs) Probably, for me, the most striking part of this exhibit is not the crime stuff, but actually the Coney Island stuff. It kind of comes out of nowhere, and I guess it's a little more lesser known. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, the point we were trying to make towards the end of this exhibition is um, a transition, or or what I would call a journey, from being this kind of loner... um, immigrant, refashioned, Lower East Sider, growing up out of poverty uh, with, with um, you know, an attitude that he was sort of alone within this community and his, uh, his photographs were a way of, like, documenting it but also substantiating it. 
And as he began to explore photography more fully, particularly the photo essays that he did uh, in PM newspaper in the 1940s, uh, I think you see a growing sense of humanitarianism. I mean, these were warriors also, so the city had this sense of pulling together. Uh, he brought together these photographs in a very unique photo book called Naked City. And I think you get from that book and from his PM coverage uh, a very different sense. It's not all the crimes, although they're part of it, um, but it's a much richer picture of urban life that includes the joy, the celebration, the community, really, um, that he represents in a lot of his pictures, culminating in the series of pictures that he took at Coney Island, you know, pretty much every 4th of July. It looked like that, packed from the boardwalk to the water's edge, and for miles as far as the eye could see. And he loved that picture. And for him, I think it represented a kind of urban utopia. Everybody was, could go there. It was completely democratic. It was open to everyone. You know, you're sort of stripped of your street clothes. Nobody has status. And, you know, everybody's just there to have a good time. And um, particularly in the film Coney Island, um, which is part of Ouija's New York, uh, which he released in 1948, uh, I mean, it's a remarkable kind of poetic homage to New York City told through this stroll along the beach at Coney Island where people are just hanging out, sleeping on blankets, eating food, dancing together, uh, and it's really a celebration of life. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's kind of the quintessential New York photographer, and, and pardon the cheesy segue, but ICP is kind of the quintessential New York Museum of Photography. Can you tell our audience a little bit about ICP in general, where it's located, no. stuff like that? So ICP, as everyone knows, is located at 43rd Street and 6th Avenue near Bryant Park. It was founded in 1975 by Cornell Kappa, another emigre whose brother was the famous war photographer Robert Kappa. Um, and Cornell Kappa had a vision of preserving photography. Obviously, he was left with the legacy of his brother's archive after his brother was killed in a battle in 1954. But in general, he was concerned about the preservation of photography and the perpetuation of photography for photographers and for the growing audience for photography that began in the 1970s and 80s. And the great thing about ICP, which is completely unique is it's really it's a museum and a school that function interdependently so we have over 5,000 students a year who can take courses ranging from uh, a weekend workshop to master's program a lot of them work with the curatorial staff uh, and you know there are great education programs to explore the details of exhibitions and so forth but there are also practical programs about how to make photographs at various levels. And then the museum uh, now uh, encompasses about 100,000 photographs. We do 12 to 15 exhibitions a year. We travel exhibitions throughout the world. And it's really, I think, you know, the go-to place if you want to find out about um, contemporary photography or the history of photography or how to make or look at photographs. Even at SVA, we hear a lot of speakers who've come out of the ICP school and mention ICP as a great influence. So it, it's really an amazing place. Um, how long is the Ouija exhibit running through again? So the Ouija exhibition 
uh, runs for eight months. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, special two-cycle run. So uh, it closes September 2nd. So all summer, you have a chance to come out and see. Thank you, Brian. Yep. So Ouija, Murder Is My Business, it runs from January 20th to September 2nd, 2012. The International Center of Photography is at 1133 6th Avenue at 43rd Street in New York City. So if you're planning on doing a New York City trip between uh, now and September 2nd, please do uh, check it out. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be in the studio with John Fideli and Dane Johnson. Don't go away. Hey, this is Michael Rosso. Did you know that the Film Photography Podcast is listener-supported? That's right. Without you, there is no Film Photography Podcast, which is why we need your help. Please consider donating to the Film Photography Podcast by going to filmphotographypodcast.com and in the upper right-hand corner, clicking the Donate button. Your donation will keep the Film Photography Podcast running through 2012. Any purchase that you make in the Film Photography Podcast store will also support the Film Photography Podcast. Let's keep these shoes coming. Mm, that's right, yeah. <laughs> support the Film Photography Podcast. Yeah. Book of the Month, Book of the Month, FBP, Book of the Month. It's time for our Book of the Month. Hey everybody, Matt Marash here. I'm going to talk about this month's Book of the Month, which is How to Read a Photograph, Lessons for Master Photographers by Ian Jeffrey. This is a great little whole plate size paperback book that is just a great chronological order of photographers you may or may not have heard of. It's entirely film photography because the book takes place from photography's earliest beginnings in the 1840s. It kind of stops at about the 19, I want to say 1950s, 1960s. So even some of the, the more modern uh, the more modern masters of photography in the uh, 60s, 70s, and 80s don't show up in here. And color barely makes its interest. So if you're a black and white photographer, you like to draw inspiration from some of the, the classic masters, this is a great book to pick up. It's almost like a, I don't want to say a cliff notes, but it's kind of like a brief introduction to photographers that by the end of this book, you should know their name or be able to pick out, you know, an image by them because it kind of goes into uh, some of the big images for each photographer, you know, that made them who they are, covers their bodies of work, their mindsets, their uh, very faint background on each photographer. So, you know, we open it up to the very first photographer and it's going to be William Henry Fox Talbot. You know, he really start, you know, got the ball rolling with uh, with art photography and you know the first couple of photographers in there are going to be wet plate dry plate alternative process photographers so if you're into that stuff you'll really like some of the photographers they get into there and then we start evolving into some of the early large format black and white photographers some of the early press photographers 35 millimeter street photographers documentary guys they even go into a little bit of the the time the period you know or just after pictorialism where they called it not photography or i'm not sure what they called they called it not photography just because the documentary style was something that wasn't very pleasing it wasn't um, it was very unposed unplanned so they, they get into that and and each photographer they cover goes anywhere from four to eight pages, depending on if they were, you know, a big deal or they had, you know, a very unique body of work. Each photographer has about eight to ten images, some of them full page spread, some of them just a quarter and half page. Very nice uh, black and white reproductions of them. I mean, this obviously isn't a photo paper, but it's it's got a good quality to it. It's a pretty... It's a pretty thick read, but you can really uh, break it out into, you know, 
pick one night and go through a photographer or two. Um, it's just a really good read if you want to have a 100% film photography book, and that's only because of the the order and the time in which it takes place. It's international in its scope, but I don't think it has too many non-American photographers. Like, of course, there's going to be a lot of like early uh, French, uh, French and British photographers in there, but it's really good just to get your get get the ball rolling, get your head around the fact that you know. His photography has a pretty long history, not as long, nowhere near as long as most art, but it's just a great read to to get the inspiration going, to kind of figure out, you know, who you resonate with. I mean, before this book, I, I really didn't know how much I resonated with some of uh, Minor White's work. I mean, I'm doing barbershops, Walker Evans, you know, it's just great to see past photographers' work and how they developed throughout and I think this book does a really good job of introing each of those photographers so you don't have to like go out and buy a giant portfolio for each of these photographers who you may or may not even really like so a uh, great book to pick up I believe it was pretty affordable I don't know it was a Christmas present to me yeah so it says here uh, 35 US or 39 Canadian so it's a pretty hefty paperback book it'll take you a while to get through but it's an indispensable resource if you're a photography student or if you're just looking a little bit in, deeper into the history of photography. has a lot of good replay value, a lot of images that aren't expected. Uh, when I opened up the Ansel Adams section, I was kind of like, oh, here we go. But, you know, there was only one or two that I really, you know, recognize as, oh, very common Ansel Adams images. So you'll be surprised with the, the selection of imagery uh, at times, good and bad. So... If you want to, uh, go to the Google, go to Amazon, pick it up. That's How to Read a Photograph, Lessons from Master Photographers by Ian Jeffrey. Thanks a lot, everybody, and talk to you later. It's as trim as a briefcase and as easy to carry as a portable radio. The perfect way to show and enjoy the color slides you took last summer. It's the new Kodak 300 color slide projector. Not only is it the smartest-looking projector you can buy, but the Kodak 300 is a pleasure to use, with easy-to-reach controls right here on top, and a new Ready-Matic changer, the smoothest and simplest ever designed. Its wide-angle lens shows your slides big and bright in full color in any room, large or small. The new Kodak 300 projector, in your choice of two color combinations, costs just $64.50, or as little as $6.50 down. It's also available with an automatic magazine-type changer, and because it's made by Kodak, you know it's good. Hey, we're back, and uh, with us today, with John, myself, John Fideli, Dane just walked in. Hello. <laughs> oh, hello. Top of the morning. No, that's all I got for anything. I don't do accents. For no. Let's crap. dive right in with <laughs> with um, some letters. Uh, our good friend Tony Kemplin in the UK. Tony last year did a 52 camera project. 52 camera project. 52 camera project. 52 camera? Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, this is Holy great. Smokes. Yeah, he did some... Oh, wow, he's a book. That's brilliant. This is his own book. I was just on his website the other day. Oh, you were? Yeah, he commented on something that smooth thing or something. And yeah, this is awesome. Look at this. Tony says, I'm continuing to enjoy the podcast. Haven't missed one yet, but have not heard the latest edition. I thought you might like my little e-card attached. Well, thank you, Tony. E-card. My 52 cameras in 52 weeks project. Oh, look at that. There's a little Pentax 110. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And it's some beautiful shots. Yeah. I can't help myself. I have to look at those colors. I mean, 
His colors are nice. I know. That's what I'm saying. The, the outdoor he had stuff. The zoom, he had the zoom lens on there, too. Oh, boy. Look at that. Yeah, the outdoor stuff has this, like, soft, yeah. kind of pastel-y kind of... I've noticed that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just beautiful. It just looks great. And he's got a big Mickey Mouse glove on there. About uh, three feet from me. Yep, let me see. Where's, where's that shadow coming? It's me. 13. It's F11. <laughs> One, two, three. Very nice. I just took a shot of uh, Dane Johnson holding up Tony's book, 52 Cameras in 52 Weeks. This is uh, last year's book. Mm-hmm. Tony picks a camera a week, shoots with it, documents what he, sh- you know, he keeps, he, he, you know, oh. He, uh, you know, writes notes about the camera mm-hmm. and about, you know, what he shot. New week, new camera. Wow. And mm, in many that's ways, fun. that's fun, right? Oh, oh that yeah. is brilliant. And Where does he get all these cameras? Great shots, too. Oh, he doesn't on. own them all, does he? Sure. Wow, he has gas. Yes. <laughs> oh, my. So the book he put together, I purchased on his blurb site. I, I love it. It's, it's great. a Isn't great, it great book. This is great. I'm going yeah. to go get it myself. He says, my f- he's doing another one. My 52 cameras in 52 weeks project is now in week 103. Wow. This uh, letter's from the, uh, December. Well, this is, we just, I just turned along and found the Action Shot 16. You might remember it was oh, in the last week I had an hmm. app that was used, that was the app oh, version no of this. And he's got the look real deal. Oh, look at that. Is right. that a Lamar? Who makes that? Oh, it's a Calamar. Calamar. Yes. Wow. I think uh, Lomo does, uh, does make a similar one yes. now. The action shots. Oh, God. These are so, beautiful. Awesome. So his 52 cameras in 52 weeks is now in his third year here in 2012. Since May, I have been describing my experience in a monthly column in Amateur Photography Magazine, under the banner, A Collector's Life for Me. The column appears in the first issue of each month. Oh, look at that. I don't even, I want to know how you got that. Look at that camera. I know. It's the uh, Jelto D3. I'll be producing a blurb book of the second year. I believe you ordered the first year. I did. In fact, I know you did because you talked about it on the shoe. (laughs) He says, yes. He says, shoe. Changing the lexicon. The project can be seen on my Flickr, which is flickr.com forward slash Tony underscore Kemplin, K-E-M-P-L-E-N. And then you go into Tony's collections and you'll find it. Of course, you can go to Tony's blog, which is 52cameras.blogspot.com. Keep up the good work. Best wishes, Tony. I always love it when we're on a show and like someone like yourself or if Matt's here, I talk about someone like, oh, yeah, yeah. I talked to that guy. Yeah, I forget. He commented on one, and he's like, and I remember going. I was like, "Whoa, this guy! This is a great idea!" And then I ran through his stuff. Yeah, love to see what kind of cameras this guy would bring to a photo walk. Yeah. Oh boy, what a, the book's good, right? It's real good. It looks great. Oh, it's, it's, it's perfect awesome. size. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, there's an unbelievable variation of, of cameras. I mean, that's the there. that book pretty much is the whole reason, you know, that I got. I mean, that book, like doing what he did there, is. So like is what I like to do in the sense that I'm always want to be surprised at what that other camera yeah, is right. going to look like and what how it's different and what kind of characteristics and what it has and that's the reason I yeah Dang, I'll have I to can look see into that. Dane Johnson 52 cameras in 52 weeks oh boy you know I've got to get better at the documentation that's the yeah. thing I still suck at that are, are you taking your scans like putting them in folders by date like are you really organized on your on yeah your- on my computer they're all organized by camera and by date within that so. Uh, you need, a, you need a publisher or an assistant. I do. Yeah, you're right. That'd be great. Tony's yeah. very silly, too. He's got some funny hats and stuff when he takes the picture. That's he takes great. photos of him using the camera. Tony, if John, myself, and whoever else here at the FPP make it out to um, 
UK. The UK. Maybe you can come this time. Yeah. This is what. <laughs> yeah. Oogie's brother. Oogie's brother. Oogie, of course, is the puppet from the Uncle Floyd show. Sure. And this is called uh, Kiev 4, 35mm oh. rangefinder. Heard about yeah. Week 22. And let's see. Oh, he calls it. He calls his puppet Mop. Well, great, Tony. I, um, I appreciate you, you checking in. And as soon as your new book is available, we'll give it a plug. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. um, I'm going to be the one, you know, I'll be the first guy buying it. That's right. Some great stuff. Shoot, if anything, just buy that book to go th- to, to like get an example if you're roaming around eBay. Yeah, right. Just to kind of say, you know, I really like that. I'm going to put that on my wish list. I'm going to start looking for one of those. Here's a uh, letter from our good friend Dave Lyon, the truck driver. Oh, Dave. What's Dave up? travels in the Utah area. Oh, sent wow. us a very nice postcard last time. Yes, thank you for the postcard. Mike just remembered as I hit send that I forgot to tell you thanks on the advice for the light meter. Originally, I bought a Luna Pro because this is what I learned on in Navy school photography. Navy school photography. Wow. That's awesome. Hmm. Having found out too late about replacing Mercury batteries, which I haven't gotten to yet, I followed your advice. I'm the proud owner of a Luna Pro F. Dawson Luna Pro F. Super positive. The first time I use it will be this weekend. It seems much easier to use than the Luna Pro, and I already have, as well as easier to replace the battery. I also wanted to tell you I've been inspired to ask my dad if he still has his land camera he used mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Oh. More on that if I am lucky. Well, good luck to you. So uh, we'll be back in a minute. Hey, this is Michael Rosso from the Film Photography Podcast. 110 Film is back. That's right. We have a limited amount of 110 Fujifilm 200 ASA cold stored expired 2009. This has been batch tested. We have a lot of film, but it's not bottomless. There's a limited supply in 2012, as we have declared, is the year of shooting 110 film. This is your opportunity to grab and shoot some 110 film. Just head on over to filmphotographystore.com and click 110 film. We also have a limited amount of 100 ASA Fujifilm cold stored as well. Filmphotographystore.com Hey, we're back. (laughs) Hey, before I start going off into deep end about some other camera, Hmm. Dane brought some such cool stuff with him. These Uh, are the uh, 35 um, cameras that come in the leather cases. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. What do you got? Let's talk about this. This is the Rob Halford brand of. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. Can you uh, Google some of these cameras? <laughs> the leather cases. What do you got, Dane? Uh, so, here, let me get B O L S E Y. The Bolsey B2. Now, what, what happened with this one came in a. It came right up on the. On the Google yeah, it's search. a great. It's a little. This one. Uh, Look at that. It's just a little bomb. It's Look at a, that. It's uh, it came in its in its leather case and, and the leather looks nice. Yeah, it's a little chewed on by somebody's dog or something, but it's Ooh. all right. <laughs> this there is film in this. This thing is just so uh, me- the mechanics of it. It almost like an old submarine or something. It just reminds me of like it's. Uh, it's I think they're from like forty eight, forty nine, at least in forty nine. So you get this. It's got this nice little uh, kind of aperture wheel on the back that kind of uh, like, you that. know to set your depth of field and really little computer. Uh, it's a rangefinder, but the be- so the best part about it also is is just the feel. Everything's very solid. It's really it is like a uh, setting up some kind of a explosive in World War Two. It's yeah, solid, it's very, right? Uh, so there's no small, and it has is yep. it heavy? Thirty, yeah. Feel that, so it's got yeah, it's got some mass to it. Yeah. yeah. No Where did you find that? This one came in a lot. Where I was buying some other uh, cameras. There was like 
two box cameras, uh, some other broken camera, this one. And this one was just like thrown in there. And Mark actually is the one that spotted it. He goes, hey, look, that, that the ballsy in there is going to be pretty cool. Is, um, there, is there focusing? Yeah, it's the rangefinder of the on the, the big one on the on the this the one? left. Nope. Here. Yeah, there you go. Oh. And then look through the little hole on the on the, the right. right. Yep. And it gets close. It's got a oh nice. Oh my god! Look at that. Yeah. It's got a rangefinder on it. Did you it. see that? It says it has a separate viewfinder and split image rangefinder. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's sweet. So it, it's funny because when I first wow. got it, it was gummed up, of course. So it only worked in like two hundred, and you didn't really know what it was doing. So I just gave it a once over. You know. Kept, got it, got kept it hitting going. it. I got. I finally got in there and touched it with a tiny bit of. You know. Oop. So now it's like you can hear the little gears going when you you're in one from one hundred to a tenth. Right. Are the slower shutter speeds working yet? Yes, they are now. So now it's finally working great. You know, uh, you woke them up. Those I woke them up. Fifty oh. years, and it's also got the B setting and the timer setting, which is cool. Oh, oh nice. Now the, I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and get this. So here's the coolest part: when you're winding this sucker, yes, you do the. You have to you have to remember this because I you have to pull up. No way to turn it because if you just turn it. You'll just strip through the, the oh, you'll just, so the first time I put it in, I'm like, I'm like, what, what? And I just heard, so oh, I just yeah. stripped out the, the holes. Now, of, have you, know. you stumbled across Mike Buckus's site to get manuals online? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the one where it's like, please donate if you're using, yeah, I've downloaded a good amount of manuals. It's an amazing site. Yeah. Know? So that's, I finally got the manual on this one and <clears throat> realized how to do it. But it's actually the it's little film counter works and everything once you get it going. But the coolest part is the mechanical part. Watch that little pin that keeps you from taking another picture. There's this uh, pin that pops out. Oh. Now watch when you pull up and you turn the gears, the actual gears of the film pull that pin in, snaps back, uh, no, and now you're ready to take a picture. That's mechanical. So it's Beautiful. like a... It's like steampunk, you know. So let's say I'm gonna do a. It says uh, the B2 features the amazing set-o-matic flash control feature. Did now you know that about this? I can't. I have this nothing that, that's in the it back. It says this adjusts. That's cocked. It adjusts See the aperture the... based on the guide number of the film right in here, the distance. Yeah. What kind of connection is that? I couldn't figure it out. Oh, I tell you, I will guess. I, I tell I, I, you, <laughs> it comes with. Uh, it goes into the um, tripod on the back. Uh -huh. Rack will come out. Oh really? And off of the flash is a you pl you plug a uh, like a mini plug okay. in here. Okay. Two of them. It'll be like. Ch uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Have you Googled Balsy flash yet? The Google. The Google. The Google. The Google. No. Oh, I bet you'll find it. Okay, because this camera, I've shot a few rolls, and it's just... The other thing I like about it is it's really hard on the film. Maybe it's just because mm. it's old. So you get these just street... You know, it just scrapes through your oh, film. It so really it does? Yeah, so you get like some is know, it? just scrapes, and you get like, you know, scratches. Anything or, on your Flickr site yet? Yeah, I've got some ballsy up. Uh, is a ballsy Online, flash? and I... Of the first roll, I went to the, you know, museum, and... Uh, Shot some Greek sculptures. So you don't want to try to fix it to get rid of the scratches? I don't, wouldn't know how to. I think it's just in the, the plate. It's somewhere. on the plate. Yeah, it might have been me. I was hard on that film because it was the first roll, oh, too. Okay. I've got another two more rolls I'm waiting on. Bullsy Flash, 60, $63 on eBay. Jeez. Not, what's it Jeez. look like? They didn't have a picture. Oh, no picture? Say anything if it works or not? Yeah, Let me so, see. So what are you guessing here? It looked like what kind of film you got in there? I got black and white... Uh, uh, Here's the flash handle. I think it's uh, twenty-five buck. I wrote it down. Oh, uh, what film you have in there? I'm guessing it's. Uh, <laughs> no, I had written it down, oh, but the tape it, fell what's off. The in here? Ah. No, that was the other one. 
Uh, that's probably two hundred. See, I told you this documentation thing. Um, I oh, it's black and white. Got to be a uh, hundred. Four hundred. Yeah, I think it is a hundred. Why didn't I write it down? Very good point. A tip of the day would be to when you load your film in your camera. Oh, look at that look. Look at that. That's juicy. I bet you that's that M5 is. or uh, Press 25 oh, bulbs. wow. Okay. Write a, on a little piece of white tape what films in your camera tape to the back I of the know. Camera. I just did that, but I... I the, Many times I walk away from the camera for like a week. I come back. I'm like, oh. I totally forgot. Oh, look at this. There's also a, uh, a, a side bar, a flash gun, they call oh, it. Oh, wow. Do you, and what shutter speeds do you have? I have... Shut up. <clears throat> They're marked as... Uh, 10, 25, 50, 100, 200. Is the lowest, what's the lowest f-stop you have on that? Uh, 3.2, and it's a... Do you have an eighth, you have, ten, you have to do a tenth of a second. Okay, that's Before, what you're saying? It's, uh, at the at 3.5, it would be eighth of a second, but since you don't have that, you're going to have to round yeah. it out. And where are you going to... Right you, here, I did it. Uh, you, you did it yourself? I, I metered right here. Oh. Dawson Luna Pro F. Here's a... T- Two ballsy flashes. Two of them. This one says one flash, second. Flash guns. A question to folks listening may say, well, do I do a reflective meeting, meter reading or do I use the incident? I always use incident. I think Dan should take the shot. I think so. So I'm going to do it at one second. Okay. And I'll just do the beat bulb setting. Oh, um, look at that. And I'm going to do it. And I'm just going to do like a look. Do it. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's perfect. That looks great. All right, here we go. One, two, three. Nice. All right. Oh, sheesh. What What were you reading? Uh-oh. Oh, you're reading. <laughs> I'm done reading. We're not reading no, anymore. Well, what, what did you have? Yeah, at eight, I've got round one second also. So, anyways, the, the Ballsy's also awesome because it came with the all the filters and attachments in a matching leather case. Oh, look at that. Look at how beautiful that is. Oh, look at that. So it's got, so you pull out your filter you want, like I'm using a red filter here. If you go online and type in uh, filters for black and white film, Mm -hmm. it'll show you like a guide of like what a red filter does Mm. to the sky. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I need. Yeah, I started to look that up and and that's why I put some black and white in here. Also, do you bracket? Uh, Sometimes, yeah. Just try it at a few different stops. See, the directions here are for the old-timey film. Mm. They, they try to really keep it dumbed down back in the EV days. Point, camera, shoot. Yeah, it's like, you know, f- for color correction would be, you know, use the same for daylight color film. And back then, it was just mm. mostly all 50 ASA or 100 ASA. In that big assortment from the eBay lot, is there one or two cable releases oh, yeah. you have? I've already tried it. It works great. Huh? Cable release works. I even tried it with the timed cable release, the one with the timer yeah. on the end. It's, it's a great little camera. John, was there ever a Colombo episode where someone got murdered with a ca- heavy camera? <laughs> no, I don't know, but there we'll could have been. And here's the one I want. So now after seeing that, I was reading up, and there's a what, military. There's, there's the military uh, version. That's the military issued version that they use, and like, and it's What's right now. There's one on eBay oh. for eight hundred dollars. Oh, pi- is there a picture of it? Yeah, let me pull that up. <laughs> <That> picture. <laughs> oh, and that is yeah, beautiful. Eight hundred bucks. Eight hundred bucks. Is a little, yeah, I don't yeah, think that's so. Ridiculous. Like a hundred bucks. Like you. Like oh, you know what? I'm gonna give up lunch for the next month. I yeah. want this camera. But eight hundred bucks. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. You see what Ballsy went into after they stopped making camera. There's an ad here for Ballsy hair replacement. <laughs> Oh, yes, Tom. Yeah. yeah, what about... Oh, no. Oh, no, this is Bosley. Tom Sorry. Bosley. Yeah. They, they switched the S and the O. Anyways, right. there's a uh, military version that would be awesome to find. Ballsy B2 Army, 1949. Picture? 
live auctions. I'm looking at the military version of the Ballsy. B2 military. It's, it's uh, just badass. I know. I'm just like, it's just, uh, it's got a little more uh, Rambo going Does on. Does it have a different name that you know what to look for? I think it's just the B2 military. That's what you search. So do you put things in eBay uh, like to, like, uh, a memory? So oh, you-, you know, I I did. I haven't kept up with them. Uh, so you get an email when they come Yeah, Mark's up. a pro at that. He's like got his giant lists that, and he gets emails and he's, but anyway, so that's the one. That's the, this is my new favorite, like throwing my bag camera or my pocket. One, two, three. Catch it. Well, I look forward to seeing the next, you know, the, the newest role. You said you have a role out now? Yeah, I've, I sent two roles to, you know, to, to, Sharp, good old Spencer. Good old Spencer. Uh, I'm sure I'll be getting a call from them wondering what the heck I just <laughs> sent. Him. I just sent him about 25 rolls of, and half of it's been ripped out and rolled rolled in and taped yeah. up and oh, says right? exposed film. Now, you do you know. throw everything in a bag and send it to the lab, or do you make notes in a notebook of what each role is and what the story is? I uh, unfortunately just throw it all yeah. in a bag. How do you remember which role goes to what camera? When I get it back, I I try and I just remember go, oh, that was pitches. that camera. You do remember? This. I it's usually like, remember. There's one every, and usually you can tell by I can actually kind of tell by the what the look is in a way. Mm-hmm. Like right. uh, there's the of course the AE one has a very particular. It's got that professional. I don't know what you know depth of field and all you sharp. Tell. And yeah, the Yashica has this other color kind of thing. Then there's then other ones you just know. I remember what I shot when I looked at that. I don't mm-hmm. shoot. In, I guess right. I don't shoot enough to where that's a problem yet. But there has been a couple rolls where I'm like, what the heck is this? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But, well, thank you. Thank you for the report. On I, I never knew about the, the ballsy line of no, cameras. No, I'd never heard of it either. Oh, sorry, yeah. John. Where they, they they were made where? Uh, it's America, right? American, right? Woolen Sack Company. 1949. Rochester, That's USA. You know, uh, Woolen Sack, they made all the Woolen Sack tape recorders. And is that right? Same company. Is it, can you look up okay. Woolen Sack? Yeah, they did all kinds W-O-L- of stuff. W-O-L-L-E-N-S-A-K. Reel-to-reel, they did, you know. Model 43, microphones. Really? Yeah, Woolen Sack mics. You know this? If you ever seen the... Uh, you know the old tan reel-to-reel bricks that Eight. are like they're tan it's, they, and they, they're tube and you... you Fold out the top. I was going to say, yeah, the mic top, comes yes. out. That's a woolen sack. So that's the old. They made uh, eight millimeter cameras as well. Yeah. Holy smokes! Woolen sack, big company. Yeah. He's Oof. We're, hey, we're going to take a break. Yeah. And then we're going to come back. Hey, it's Mike Rosso here to tell you about FPP's events and meetups in 2012. That's right, events and meetups in 2012. It's been quiet so far. FPP's exploded with a series of events. I don't have all the times, facts, and figures right now, but you can go to filmphotographyproject.com and check out the current events. Here's a quick rundown. On April 14th at Aperture Tremont in Cleveland, Ohio, is Matt Marash's gallery show, Dapper, a gallery show showcasing the massive amount of work he's done over the last year or so photographing barbershops in the Midwest. At the end of May, you're going to find the FPP gang in New York City for our second New York City Photo Walk. New York City Photo Walk. Date will be announced on the FPP site, filmphotographyproject.com. Check it out. The event's being organized by Dan Domi with the help of Michael Kalia, myself, Matt Marash. The whole gang will be there. If you're in the area, please do consider stopping by. FPP in the UK. That's right. FPP in the UK. It looks like early June, both myself, John Fideli, Dane Johnson, new FPP guy Mark, and who knows who else will show up at the FPP meetup in London, UK. Details will be developing 
Check out the site, filmphotographyproject.com. Once again, organized by FPP UK correspondent Darren Pancho Riley. We're looking forward to having another blast. Hopefully folks who showed up last year will come down and hang out, and hopefully some folks who couldn't make it last year will come down. We're really looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing you. You hear about the buzz in Aperture Tremont? That's right. The Aperture Store is having an amazing Analog Analog Pulse Pulse weekend, weekend. June 29th, 30th, and July 1st, 2012, this year in Cleveland, Ohio. This is, without a doubt, the film photography blowout of the year. If you're in, around, or maybe fly in, drive in, take your bicycle to Aperture Store Tremont. Three days of events with an opening reception held at Aperture on the 29th. And they're planning some super fun events, walks, networking, and experiments. Get your cameras ready, get your bags packed, and head to the city by the lake. I'll be there. Matt Marash will be there. I hear some other people will be there too. Maybe Alex from Canada. Maybe Dan Domi. Maybe Dane Johnson. Who else will be there? We don't know. But we'll be there, so come on down. More news very soon. Mm, That's right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I know it seems far away, but the end of October, FPP will, will be back at the PDN Photo Expo in New York City. We had a blast this time, and this year, I guarantee you it's going to be bigger. That's right. Join myself, Matt, John Fideli, and who knows who else. John Bon Jovi, what are you doing here? You never know who's going to show up. That's the wrap-up right now. As you can see, things are bubbling. Things are happening. Filmphotographypodcast.com. Go to the site. See what's happening. Look forward to seeing you soon. Remember what fun you had when you got your first Polaroid camera? Watching your pictures develop and the fun of sharing those pictures on the spot? Remember that party that didn't take off until you started taking pictures? Those shots of Herbert explaining the gross national product did it. Well, those people are coming back tonight. So go out and get some Polaroid film and get out your camera again. It's right where you left it. Up in the closet. Under the hat. Getting a Polaroid film. Did you know that this year... There is a Polaroid automatic land camera explosion. Hundreds of people have picked up Polaroid automatic land cameras because of FPP alone. Fuel your passion for instant photography and consider picking up a Polaroid automatic land camera right in the FPP store. All cameras are on my FPP workbench, are thoroughly tested, batteries reconfigured, and ready to drop into your hands. Stop by filmphotographystore.com and check it out. Are you electronically scanning your images and then, you know, kind of keeping them on your hard drive or maybe putting your images up on Flickr or another website? Have you thought about getting your pictures printed? And that's what Matt Marash here at the FPP thinks about a lot. About you getting out there, whether you're doing it yourself in the darkroom or you're sending your, your, your files or your negatives out, get your pictures printed. Here's Matt Marash talking about printing. Hey everybody, Matt Marash here. Today I wanted to talk about something very, very, very important, and that's getting your pictures printed. I, I feel like a broken record here talking about prints, 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 but it is a big deal. You need to have your images 
on a piece of paper. That's what photography was originally about, the graphical representation of light on a piece of paper. That's a photograph. An image on a computer screen is nice. You can share it very widely, but it doesn't have the same oomph, the same impact as holding a print in your hand, especially when it's a handmade print, like a silver gelatin print, a Van Dyke brown, a carbon transfer print, any of those guys. You know, even a, a wet plate original. Oh my gosh. I mean, if you haven't seen a handmade print or held one uh, made from your images or somebody else's images, get out there and do it. Oh my gosh, it just has such a great feel to it. Getting your images printed, I mean, you, you can send them out to a professional lab and they'll do a great job, color correct, all that stuff. The reward of holding a print in your hand at the end of the day is just, it's, it's a great feeling that you can't replicate anywhere else. And having, you know, images from film, hand printed or professionally done in a portfolio just has that much more impact over something that you just spat out of your inkjet printer, slapped in a sleeve and called it a day. There's really a difference. I mean, if you hold a piece of double weight fiber paper, it feels substantial. It's heavy. It's got some weight to it. It doesn't feel like the image in there is going anywhere. There's just such a good feel about it. I'm looking at some some prints of mine right now. I've got a Van Dyke Brown on this piece of, uh, you hear that snap? A piece of Strathmore hot press watercolor paper. And oh my gosh, just the, you can, there's a little bit of texture to the surface. It's it's somewhat imperfect, but it's got this these grindy edges, this cotton fiber because it's a 100% cotton fi- uh, ragstock paper. It's just, you know that paper's going to last. You know your image is going to last. It might be, you know, the the human condition, human insecurity that we want our images to, to last longer than we do. But man, it just feels good knowing it will. Uh, when, you're, when you're at a, a peer review session or a portfolio review or any of those things, having physical prints really matters. You hand an iPad to some of these guys and they will laugh, they'll laugh you out of the room because one, it shows that you didn't put forth the effort to get your images on a piece of paper. And, you know, it might sound old or cliche or, or trite or whatever you want to call it at this point that people still want to see an image on a piece of paper. But if you haven't, it's, it's a different feeling. There's a sense of there was more work put into it. You know, if you consider your photography an art or you are a fan of process, Printing is the ultimate form of that. That's that's the final image. Get your images printed today. You know, send them out to Sharp Photo. Enter in print exchanges. Go to portfolio reviews. Do something that forces you to get your image on a piece of paper and share it with the world. You know, the original social networking. Get out there w- physically with your images and share them with people. Get feedback. It's it feels really good, guys. And it's just good to have them printed. So thanks a lot for listening, and I'll talk to you later. Hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. We're a volunteer joint here, FPP. The FPP joint, uh, all of us volunteer our time. Uh, any monies made from the FPP store uh, go back into the show to keep us running. What show? <laughs> uh, so, folks, um, if you don't donate actual cash, uh, we take donations of cameras, film, whatever you might have. Whatever you got kicking around that you think somebody else might be able to use. Yeah, I mean, we'll pass it along. We'll, we'll you know, we test it in house. We talk about it on the show. Uh, so first letters from first uh, donation package uh, I have here is from Jim Balicki. Uh, Jim says, "Hey, I have a bunch of film. All C41. I'll be sending out next week." He says, so Jim sent a big box. He says, "Long story short." But the film was donated to a local senior citizen care group oh, who didn't want it. 
I don't want it. <laughs> film. Get out of here, kid. Knowing my interest in film, they gave it to me. The film is called Spartan Film, which is the name of a local food distributor and grocery store here in Michigan. Oh, anything. I'm not sure who really makes the film, but it may be rebranded Fuji. Let's hope you can find a home for it. Yes, we can. Absolutely. Um, and uh, in there was also some Spartan cameras, like the... It's film, and then some were like the throwaway cameras, uh-huh. which I don't really understand why the old folks wouldn't want. What are they going to take pictures of? <laughs> Our next letter is from, uh, and package was from Bill Millen. Bill's in the UK. Uh, okay. Actually, he's in Glasgow. Ah, Glasgow. It's Glasgow Scot- has, it's is like that a, Scotland? Yeah, it's like a yeah. S- uh, Bell and Sebastian kind of mm. accent. It's yeah, a much I, different accent. I don't know Glasgow. Scottish too much. The Glasgow. It's got more of a little yeah. There you go. Yes. yes. That's it. Good. A little bit more of an, uh, an accent that requires subtitles for us oh, to understand. Oh, Nessie. Now, <laughs> Bill sent uh, a ton of old cameras and expired film, but most notable in Bill's package, mm-hmm. he sent some British chocolate. Did he really? Oh, How come you didn't share that? I didn't. It's in my desk drawer. Go get it. He sent Cadbury? Cad- Cad- he sent Cadbury mm. dark chocolate. Yummy. And he sent it's so sweet. No, it's not sweet. No? Dark chocolate. Oh, less dark sweet. chocolate. Yeah. And he sent... So bitter. Did he really? I've had it in my drawer for months and still delivering you chocolatey goodness Ooh. every afternoon. Go get some right now. What's the matter with Jeez. you? Bill, I want to thank you very much for the film, but forget about the film. I want to thank you for the chocolate. <laughs> yeah. If you happen to be in the UK and you happen to have some extra uh, hurly whirlies... <laughs> Um, some extra chocolate kicking around. Chocolate, uh, Cadbury. What were some of the other names? We you're making me hungry. I can't remember. When John and I were in the UK, we were given a list by Angela from Max. Yeah, she's like, get this. We're standing by a wall of confectionaries. Yeah. Mike is asking passersby for their help. I'm like, can you help me find a world? Like, excuse me. And remember that nice woman? Yeah, she helped you out. And she heard our American accent and was like, oh my she god. She took pity on you. Yeah, and helped you find the chocolate you needed. Uh, oh, like flake. Flake. Oof. If you remember, I had to ditch some stuff. Out yes, of my, I had to ditch stuff out of my suitcase to fit the chocolate. Yeah. There you go. It was quite an ordeal. Yeah, I was like sitting on the. Got to save the chocolate. I had to, t- I had to give you the box from my uh, Tori Amos camera so That's you could right. shovel that stuff in there. Tori Amos camera. Yeah. Uh, we got a nice package from uh, David Cox. Hey, nice package, Dave. Hey, Dave. Uh, he says thanks for all your advice. Oh, it's Tattoo Dave. We got a pa- oh, hey, all right. Got a package from Tattoo Dave. Tattoo Dave. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate the donations to the FPP store. It says, thank you for all your advice. Yes. That's great. And Dave, uh, the Tattoo Dave uh, sent a nice package of goods over to FPP. Most great. appreciated. Thanks, dude. Here's a letter from our good friend S.G. Washington. Uh, I believe he's called Analog New York on the Flickr. And he says, on a recent trip to B&H, I have uh, discovered that they are very low on film stock. Mm. The reason was because of the discontinuation of some several Fuji films. Mm. The shelf looked almost bare. On a positive note, they now stock Ilford HP5 film, mm. and they had a sale two for one, which is always terrific. Whoa. Wow. Really? Uh, here's a quick photo tip. Special. This was a few months ago, of course. He says, Occupy Wall Street, downtown Manhattan. Mm. Great place to get some shots. Yeah. That. Is that still going on? Somewhat. They've moved around. Now they're starting to camp out again in Zuccotti, apparently. Are they but as large or have they toned it down? I must not be as large because it's not on the radio every day. Right. Mm. So thanks, SG. Here's a quick letter from Phil Mello, Big Fish Studio. Here's some film I'm not using. I'm a big Portra fan and Ooh, want to donate Portra. this film to you. Keep up the good work. Hmm. He's using Portra now. He sent a bunch of Fujicolor Pro over to us. 
Hi. <laughs> and he's uh, Big Fish Studio, photography by Phil Mello. Mm. Yeah, Big Fish, eh? Yeah. Mm. Our website is philmellophotography.com. Spell mellow. M-E-L-L-O. P-H-I-L-M-E-L-L-O photography.com. Thank Mello. you, Phil. They call him Mello. They call me yeah. Philip Mello. <laughs> uh, there's no name. Some people just send packages to, uh, to FPP to donate cameras that we've been giving they away. And you glory. open them? Just I open them. <laughs> this is from, from Massachusetts, yeah. and it was a Nikon. The Nikon FM that we gave away. Right. Was do- donated by this mystery person. Mm. Wow! Bless so, you. Th- <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Wow. Here is a note from our good friend Andrew Bartram in War Boys UK. He says, "Hope you have use for a development tank as wow. a giveaway." No kidding. Wow. Yes. So thank you very much. Oh, we boy. haven't given it away yet. It's crazy. May- we may give it a stir here in the studio before oh, passing. Nice. Out. Yeah. Do some cooking here. Our good friend Ed Crisial, Ed Crisial in Pennsylvania. He sent us a box of T64 4x5 film, wow. which, wow. thank you, Ed, because format, we've been testing the, uh, the old crown, uh, graphics? crown graphic camera, uh-huh. Ed, with your film. So we've been doing all of our in-house testing with the film. And it's most appreciated and uh, moving right along. Here's a handwritten letter. Whoa. Here's a head- handwritten letter by Rich Barnes. He says, I'm uh, 44 married, and I am a freight train conductor. No ki- See, look. Yeah, another. This is Never great. met a freight cr- wow. uh, train conductor. My job takes me away from home on a regular basis, and I often find myself with time to kill while I'm waiting for a train home. Ah, so, of that. course, I take at least one camera while with me everywhere. What a great opportunity. He carries. On, he says, on a rotating basis, I carry Minolta SRT100, Minolta XE7, Yashica FXD, mm-hmm. Yashica Mat 124G, mm-hmm. Bronica 52A. I love FPP. I listen to the podcast while I'm driving to and from work. I guess while on the train, I have an hour to. I have an hour drive each day, and I always learn something with every episode. I've been going back listening to them all over again, paying a special attention to darkroom tips mm. section. Uh, uh. I recently scored a big stash of stuff, larger trays, tanks, reels. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. That's Grab awesome. lab timer. Oh, and boy. going to start processing my own black and white. There, you go. there goes all your free time. Yep. Yep. Shoot. So, uh, Rich, appreciate it. Rich, what are you doing in the basement? <laughs> Don't come in. Don't open the door. Uh, and uh, Rich, of course, sent a package over to us as well, film. So, thank you, Rich. Pretty awesome. Thank you. Uh, really quick, John, if you do a Google search on Google, if you type in one word, pro photo, P-R-O, photo spelled F-O-T-O, XL100, pro photo XL100, pro photo, XL100. Yeah. Here's a roll of, here's a film I discovered on the bay. I bought a huge lot of it, so, out of Hong Kong, and... It's not, I thought it was unusual. First of all, I mean, photo is spelled... F-O-T-O. Yeah. Like, you know, like, oddly. Foto. Foto. Are you in the FPP store? Uh, yep. What are the specs? Hmm. Feature. That's you for you to test, Dane? No. Okay, great. This is Pro Photo uh, 100. It's, huh. it's made by Kodak. Yeah. I bought a boatload of it because outside I'm going to feed it into a Lomo Kino movie camera. Mm-hmm. Because it's 36. It says XL Plus. It gives you like one or two extra exposures. Oh, interesting. Um, It says here that the film features high color saturation, accurate color, and pleasing skin tone reproduction, and good underexposure latitude. That's important. 
Yes, it is. What else? It is intended for portrait and social applications and can be stored at room temperature even in hot humidity. It's like climate. take pictures of my Facebook page. It's, I think it's designed for like Malaysia and areas where it gets hot. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's hot. Is it hot? It's hot over there, right? It's hot and moist. Moist. Yeah. yeah. Things like to grow. Yeah. Mm. So it's a film that's kind of designed for room temperature. Interesting. I'm comping it to over here like a Kodak Gold 200. Mm. Really, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I saw it on. So don't shoot it today. No. So save it for like nice June, sunny. July. Oh. Well, no. I mean, no. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. No. I, the qu- yeah. Don't eat it until July. Yeah. Okay. No, you can use it better. with a flash. I mean, I just want to yeah, see sure. what I just want to kind of see what the kind of characters. I'm sending rolls out sure. to um, all the FPP dudes to yeah. kind of get a like a cross section of like what it looks like. Yes. Sure. Yes, and uh, yes. it is in the FPP store. It's a cheaper film. Uh, it's new to me, and I was like, "Oh, what the heck is this? We're gonna give it a whirl. We're gonna give it a whirl. Make sure to take can have a go. Yeah, well, very good. Hey, awesome. we're gonna be right back. Hey, it's Mike Rosso. I'm here in the FPP studio with Matt and John. Hey, hey. I'm here to talk about the Film Photography Store. That's right, Film Photography Podcast. We have our own store, FilmPhotographyStore.com. And if you have been thinking about getting a Polaroid camera, whether it's a Polaroid pack camera like the Color Pack 2 or the Polaroid 420 camera, that's Matt's camera. Oh, yeah, it's a great camera. Or maybe you want a Polaroid one-step close-up camera, a Polaroid impulse camera. Maybe you need some FP100C. Maybe you need some the elusive FP100B. Oh. Maybe you need some expired Polaroid, Polaroid Polo 108 film. I think, oh, yeah. I, think I might. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com help support the guys at FPP to keep these shoes coming your way. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com, thank you very much. Now get over there. Mm, That's right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, we're back. Missed you. Yeah. Hey, I want to thank everyone for tuning in, by the way. I totally appreciate folks tuning in, following the Film Photography Podcast, going to our site, thefilmphotographyproject.com. We now have a forum up. You can go in there and, as folks would say, hang out. You can hang out in the forum. It's a friendly place. There's never any cyberbullying or people, like, shutting you down. Like, hey, man, this is not a forum. Like, you know. What's up, noob? There's no attitude. No, there's no attitude. We're all friends. We're all friendly. We pretty much know each other if you're new to it come on down come on in uh, we have our fpp store you can buy stuff um so i really appreciate you guys tuning in uh dane you brought a kodak yes brownie it's a brownie but it's a different kind it's of a brownie. box brownie it is a box brownie uh-huh. and it's uh what what stood uh, this is another one that came with a lot uh, uh with a you know a bunch. ebay bunch uh, there was uh, two boxes and i noticed this one looked a little different it was, it's larger than a normal box do you have another box here <laughs> Do you have another box here? You just, I just saw one. Yeah, really. This is a museum. There was a 120 box, whatever. It's just slightly b- larger. So I was like, yeah, that's odd. So I, I said, let me shoot it. Let's see what this looks like. I go to put film in it, and then it don't oh. fit because it actually takes 116, 116 film, film, which I'd never heard of. Which is right here. Which, of course, you had some. I so, had some in my fridge. That's awesome. It just expired in December 1952. Oh, it's wow, fresh. Wow, you're kidding. Yeah. <laughs> fresh. It's fresh. Now, if that was stored properly. <laughs> wow. If, You'll get an image. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And uh, I went ahead and, of course, rigged up a one way to run run twenty in it by you know doing a little extender. Ooh, how did you make that extender? Uh, this extender is I took a pan apart and I just <laughs> cut it off and and used the inside of the pan there. to slid through. Look at you. And then there you go. And so it fits. McGainer. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And that that pin would fit just perfectly if slotted right to where it. Uh, 
you know, the crank will work with it. So I've strung it up to some 120 and, uh, and haven't gotten that back yet. Okay. So after that, I was like, wait a second. This is, this thing is, I don't, I think we measured, this is a huge. Let me ask a quick question. Mm-hmm. When you put the 120 in there, did the numbers line up? Yes. Oh, uh, they did? Yes, they did. The numbers, there's a, the box, which was missing its little red thing, uh, but. But so I, I shot it anyways. I didn't care. Yeah. So I taped in a little red Look thing for the from something else. Put the tape back. Yeah, exactly. Black and the number tape. it lined up. I wow. mean, the numbers lined up, and I kind of went through. Yes. So uh, who knows if I might have some overlap? If the numbers aren't. And quite is right. there a number? Does it say brownie number? What does it say? It says brownie number two. Look it up. But but it's it's a one sixteen brown. It's a brownie number two A. Okay. Now for folks out there who don't know the Model old B. brownies. Now there's a date in there, like nineteen sixteen. Yes. The date says uh, well, it says patent February nineteen sixteen, March oh. nineteen sixteen. This camera's like from nineteen twenty two. I know. I know. Max Shrek was playing Nosferatu <laughs> when this camera was exactly. like out there. That's what I love, and that's it's incredible. another one. And it's another one where I it was of course dusty, and that's in little gummy. By the time I opened it up, the lens cleaned up perfectly. All and the lens, the shutter fires? The shutter fires great. It's got the aperture, different aperture pulls. Oh, it's look got at the, that. B, the B setting, is of course. And the, the lens is clean. Oh, my you know, goodness. And even the windows for viewing, you know, the whole reflective yeah. thing. On this one, I was, usually those are so gummed up you can't even see. That one's got a, like a real usable oh, window. That. Yeah, pretty amazing. Oh. It says the 2A was a dollar more. <laughs> no. Then the two or two, yeah. Larger then film. the two, then the number two. Yeah, uh, okay. and it takes the the number two takes one twenty. Yep. And the two A takes six twenty. Six twenty. This is one sixteen. This is a one sixteen. It's uh, and it's let's see, two and a quarter. Yeah, it's one inch thicker. Doesn't it say one sixteen film. It says six twenty Kodak roll film. <laughs> Well, that's a different version. Well, let me see. I'm just going to see how this roll fits. Because yeah, yeah, this yeah. is right. Because this is what it looked oh, like. Wait, no, that's the two. No, that's not quite Stoops. it. That's the two. If we want the two. Yeah, it's an inch bigger than the normal two. Yeah, number two. This is the stuff right here. Look at this. I'm just. You touched. have to wait for your your spool to come back. Yeah, I know. And it's a metal spool there. That's it. Oh, my goodness. Perfect fit. So it's 116 film. Hmm. And that is a fat roll of film right there. That, that is just that's is. a good look. But you know it has to be in the sense because think of how far the throw is to get around the back of that thing. I mean, you're only going to get yeah. eight yeah. shots. I mean, uh oh, gotta make make sure it's the right way. Yeah, this is you got to turn it upside down, pull out, and they, it'll fall out with the gravity. Look at that. You have to. Yeah, I flipped it the wrong way. So that's cool. So what I did after that is, of course, you know, I didn't have any 116 oh, film. I I am really excited. Yeah, I can't wait. So I, I can't wait because I I did a roll. I went ahead and did a roll of 35 in it too. Okay. So. Being oh, this is like this far apart, you're gonna get you're gonna sprockets. Get two, at least two exposures. Yeah, sprockets. well, you're gonna get like you're gonna get like this giant frame that's you know panoramic. Yeah. How did you wild. rig 35 millimeter? This one I just went with tape, so oh. I literally just put it in the middle and taped it. And there's enough room it. for a magazine, oh. a 35 yeah. millimeter cartridge to fit in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, good sound. Of course, Kodak sure. brownies from the turn of the century, not this past century, the one before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, always took roll film. Uh, either 120, 620, uh, 116, um, and if you go on the bay, ebay.com, you, you, you will find this film, yeah. if, and if for nothing else, buy the film so that you can get the spools. Yep. And yep. then you can re-roll your Because they are, yeah, and then you can roll whatever you want. Yeah, the, uh, so yeah, I'm just, uh, I like I said, I'm hopefully by the time uh, this airs, yeah, you go, now we're, that's the look, What's I'll that? have some, he found the 116. Oh! 
It says the picture size is one inch bigger than the brownie oh number two. God. Yeah, one inch bigger. So it, yeah, it's wow. three, three and a quarter. Yeah, so see the size there, the one in the this middle. This one is four and a quarter. The okay. Two A. Wow, that is going to be big. massive. Introduced nineteen oh seven. That's insane. That is just too. The cool. Titanic wasn't even built yet. Nope. That's just. So, and it, it just and it works. You open it up. There's a wow. spring in there. It said there were over two million made before nineteen twenty one. I bet you this Jeez. model camera was on the Titanic. I bet that, it was. I bet it was. Yeah. You know, sadly, it says that the approximate worth is uh, ten to sixteen dollars. Great. Works. That's works for me. Should be. That's right. right. Now, are these very easily to, easy to find on the bay? Yeah, there's a lot of box cameras, and I found the ones I have found were in lots. In the sense, like here's four box cameras, fifteen bucks. Uh, yeah. you could get a bum with a like a bad shutter, but there's nothing. Oh yeah, they have. I've seen them before. We're just hanging. We're like, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's but there's so there's little. All it is is one spring. Wow. Now, how did you... 20 25 bucks, 15 bucks. We're on the bay? Yeah. Now, how did you go about cleaning up, let's say, the lens? Well, for me, well, the, this one, if you pulled out, if you take the front with these little screws off, oh. you can get access, and it's a little mm. piece of, like, uh, what's that stuff, the, the, the mirrored... It's just a piece of mirror, and you just kind of have to take this little mirror out, and you just kind of clean it, put the mirror back in, really? and put a little two-sided mm. tape or whatever you want to do, and, and it's clean, and you clean the clouds out with a Q-tip and a little Windex... Now the actual lens that you shoot through—that did you clean up yeah, too, or no? Yeah, that I just hit. I just touched with a little Q-tip, a tiny bit of Windex, just and then wiped it out with a dust rag. Okay, and, and it's clean. I mean, and some of them, I leave some of the cloud around because you kind of get that. It's got that look. Yep. John, so, does it say what shutter? I can only imagine. Uh, I'm guessing one fortieth of a second. Yeah, the, it's pretty slow. I mean, slow, right? Yeah. Now that's my question is. How do you guess? Just from listening? No, it's it's a it's a it's a set shutter. No, yes. I mean here like it when says you're film guessing. size is one sixteen. On right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What shutter? Does it have a shutter speed? One fortieth of a second. Doesn't say. You have to type in in the Google. The Google. Kodak Brownie shutter speed. Yeah, because they're probably all pretty similar. Yeah, I'm gonna guess one fortieth of a second. You could use one hundred or two hundred ASA film. In broad yeah. daylight. Yeah, most of the time I've used these, I've done like long, more long exposure yeah. stuff, even on a cloudy day or whatever. And, and those have come out. They definitely have a look that, yeah. you know, you, there's just something about it. I guess that it just looks right. Yeah. Joseph just did some really great. He borrowed one of the brownies and put some black and white in. He just got some back where it looks like somebody's old photos. No And kidding. it was of his, uh, he just shot it like two weeks ago and they look great. And what camera is that? That was on the brownie, one of my other, the other brownie, number okay. two. Which he's got on his Flickr. He's J.P. Telly. Well, it says the apertures are close to either F11, 16, 22. Uh-huh. We have a choice. Oh, wait a minute. Either F11, 16, oh, because and you, 22. Yeah, F11. Or 16, 22, 16, and 32. 22. Depending upon whom you believe. Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah. it says. What about shutter speed? Uh, Still not shutter speed. say shutter. Wow. I'm just sitting here shutter. quiet because... 1907. I know. That's what I. That's just. That's the whole reason. Oh, shutter speed is somewhere between 135th and 150th. Wow. Did he call it or what? Yeah. All right. I only say that because kids today. You mentioned 2004, and they're oh man, that was like a long time ago. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. No, if you're a kid, <laughs> that time was before is iPhones were around. <laughs> time is compared. Do you know that YouTube was launched in 2005? Yeah. yeah. It seems like wow. forever. So to a kid, that's like oh man, that's a long time ago. Dial up. 1907. That's yeah, right. That doesn't even register. It's like so old. It's it's like it might, you might as well say you know one million years ago there were dinosaurs. <laughs> it's just like yeah, it's it's a time way back then. Yeah. That but I the can't fact com- that you can think of throw some film in it and get some shots and yeah. 
And uh, Alan, uh, the other smoover, Alan, uh, he actually teaches a photography class. At How come he never local. brings any cameras? He brought one. Uh, he bring, he brings his digital. He just uh, but he's he does have an old uh, Yashica. One you look you, down yeah. on, you know, and uh, full what is you know, full view type things. He was talking. He wants to get me to come in and bring some of these in for the kids and maybe a Polaroid oh, and, yeah, right. and kind of because let them let them see, you know, what see it was the like, history. Yes. Yeah, you know, and hey man, like that. let's see if the uh, Canon uh, Mark D five is going to work in the year twenty one twelve. It's true. How about yeah, Getty Lee won't even be alive That's in twenty one twelve. So stuff it. That's right. Wow. Hey, let's yeah, go so in our time machine and see if it works. <laughs> exactly. Want to read a quick... Hey, Dane, thanks. Yeah. yeah. That's oh. very enlightening. Yep. Now, what's exciting, and I think what makes FPPs exciting, is that I have like two, three of these box cameras. I don't have the 116, mm. but I haven't shot with them in like three, four years. Mm-hmm. Brownie? Yeah. Go. I'm going to break, break out which your one brownie. it is, because there's a Model 2A... No, it's, yeah, it's a number 2A Model C. Uh, Oh. Let's see if you have it. Oh, he's running. Because that has a uh, has a uh, digging through the closet. Has something uh, that has a bulb setting on it. This one does too. Oh, does it? This, oh, that one said that had a bulb. This setting. little thing you pull up on that little thing, and that's the bulb setting. What, get, this one here. Get your finger in there. Yeah, pull that up. Your fingernail. Now, no, that's kidding. it. And then as you just as you push it down. It starts. Now it's back. Oh, Dane, I have a new brownie. Ooh, that's like slick. Target. Target. Yeah. You buy that Target, at Target? Target wow. six. How long's Target been around? And no, look, it's so. all like, um, what do you call this? That the 1933 yeah, no, style, that's like a diner. Yeah. <laughs> and I put my cheat sheet. Oh. So it's a Target six dash twenty S I X dash two O. Okay. One fiftieth of a second. Nice. To, you pull it out for S F sixteen and in is F eleven. Okay. And as you can see, well, I that's like from uh, forty six to nineteen fifty two. That camera. Oh. Yeah, it's much. Yeah, it sounds. It's got the sound of it. You know, it's, it's weird. Much you can more hear modern it. looking. It's, right. it's <laughs> still sixty it? years old. <laughs> How do you? It's a modern box. What's that? I haven't used it in such a damn long time. You want to open it? Oh, this thing. Don't open that door. We'll wait. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Now these cameras are not made of like metal. This, is that That's leather. That's wood it's, leather. It's, oh, it's wood and wood leather. And leather. Uh, what does it say about the Target Six Twenty? Hold on. <laughs> Well, I told you it was made in 1946, between 46 and 52. How many times when people, like, hold up, you don't put your eye up to it. You use it as a reflector. You yeah, look down it to it. Right. Because it's so funny. It's like, hey, it's broken. And then it's like <laughs> the first one I got. I'm like, it's this. And then I went, oh, wait, I'm just supposed to, like, hold it away from me and look down. This um, takes a Kodak 620 film. Yep. Okay. Which is very kind of common. It's the same size as... 120, you can roll your own. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I tell you, Dane, looking at this Target 620, yep. I mean, when I bought this, I thought, oh, man, this is ancient. Yeah. <sighs> Does not compare to the... It's crazy. Your number two brand. Well, I have one more I didn't bring that it's a, the, the mega... It's the, the, the mega box. Uh, it's a Kodak number two not a brownie though it's but oh it's got the one with, it looks like one of those with the, the bellows and okay. the track bellows. front folds out but i don't have any bellows and it has reels this big on either side it's what, what's this it called big it's a it was it's a kodak i think it's just called a kodak number two or something it says uh, it has two viewfinders one for portrait and one for landscape right. and he it has, has, a, he has it as well has a timed shutter release as well as a bulb setting time is like Open it, stays up, and until so you hit it back again. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's it's this, this one says timed stuff. shutter release. That's uh, weird. 
Uh, I think you there's put, no logic in there. Oh, I see. If you do this and hold it, it just stays open. Yeah, no, like it's just bulb. a bulb setting. But it says it has a timed shutter. Uh, liar. Unless oh, you'll have to, to go talk up. to camera of the month because yeah. that's what they say. That's what he said. That's what the man, man said. said. That's man what said he said. You heard what he said. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. Then we'll be back. Read some letters. Now here's Ozzy with news about biggest life pictures. Say, do you know what this is? It's a Kodak 35 millimeter color slide. Not very big, is it? Only two inches by two inches. And yet when you project it on a home screen, you get color pictures as big as life. Now, a Kodak has many fine color slide cameras and a wide range of prices. Here's one I like especially. The new Kodak Signet 50 camera. It has a built-in photoelectric light meter that takes all the guesswork out of exposure. You just aim it at your subject, and it tells you how much light there is or isn't. It's just like having an expert photographer showing you which setting to use. The Kodak Signet 50 camera, complete with flash holder, costs $82.50, or as little as $8.50 down. When you see its many fine features, I'm sure you'll accept no other. Here's FPP regular Dan Domi talking about pinhole photography. Hi everyone, Dan Domi here with a new segment I'd like to call FPP Underground. The basic concept is, as long as I have some ideas, I'll be periodically phoning in some commentary on various topics that I don't think really get that much coverage on the show. So for this first segment, I wanted to do a quick introduction to pinhole photography. Now, most people know from using their everyday cameras that switching to a smaller aperture or a higher f-stop number will increase your depth of field, that range of distances where things are in focus. The smaller the iris that you're allowing light to pass through, the more your subject is going to have things in front and behind it that are also in focus. Well, pinhole cameras take that simple concept to the extreme. By using a relatively tiny hole in a very thin material, now we're talking on the order of maybe a few hundred microns in diameter, you're effectively going to put everything in focus, and you don't even need a lens. Of course, the trade-off is that you need to work with very long exposure times. We're talking seconds, minutes, or even hours, depending on the camera and whether you're using film or silver paper. The great thing, though, is there's something in pinhole photography for everyone. If you just like the dreamy look of pinhole photos, you can go out and just buy a camera from a company like Leonardo, Lensless, Zero Image, or friend of FPP, the Aperture Store in Cleveland, Ohio's Tremont neighborhood. However, if you ever wanted to build a camera, pinholes are pretty much the easiest cameras you can build. I very nearly completed my own 8x10 wooden pinhole, which I put together for a fraction of the cost of a single lens for a real 8x10 camera. And you can get into it as deep as you want. You can order a laser-drilled pinhole for super precise results, or you can use a needle to punch your own hole in the side of, say, a soda can. Heck, you can turn nearly anything imaginable into a pinhole camera as long as it's hollow. Pumpkin pinholes are particularly popular around Halloween, for example. Anyway, the community around pinhole photography is so dedicated that they have an annual pinhole photography day. In 2012, it's scheduled for April 29th. So, if you've ever been interested in making some pinhole images, start your planning for it now. If you want to go the DIY route, there are a number of resources out there. For example, Eric Renner has a good book out that covers a ton of aspects of pinhole photography. 
if you want something a little bit more to the point for some basic calculations, I like the Mr. Pinhole website at mrpinhole.com. Or you could ask other FPP listeners. I'm sure that there are quite a few of them who've had experience with pinhole cameras. The Flickr boards are always active, or you can even check out the forums at filmphotographyproject.com forward slash forum. Lastly, you can always send me an email at yeknom02 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hey, we're back. Uh, Here's a quick letter. Here's a letter from Brian Winters. He says, On episode 52, your crew made the comment about finding UV or Sky 1A filters on camera lenses from the 80s. I made the comment that every camera that comes in, like our giveaway cameras, the cameras could be in really beat shape and be filthy, but it seems like every camera had like a... UV filter on it, yep. so you take the, the filter off, and the, mm-hmm. the lens is pristine. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Now, Brian is saying that guys in camera sales would get a buck or two spiff for selling a filter with uh, every lens sold. Yeah. A spiff? Is a fee that's paid to the sales guy. Like, you have a meeting, and you say, listen, mm-hmm. gonna, uh, we want to push a filter on every, ca- every yeah. lens yeah, sold. Sure. No kidding. And for every filter you sell, you'll get a buck. Yeah. So every time they sell a lens, the guy behind the counter will be like, uh, you oh, really you need, need this to, to protect your lens. You need to protect... And for once... That's what the guy sold me when I bought my Minolta for, is that X700. Right? Because I was going to be like, ah, I saved up all the money to buy this camera, and it's, he's like wanted me to spend another 10 bucks, 15 Did you? bucks, whatever. I, yes, of course. And so you know I what? Told, you don't want to wreck the lens. I'm like, no, Actually, I don't, right? I don't, no, I don't. And it worked, I guess. It yeah. was great, because when you put your, your lens, your camera in the closet, yeah. it protected the, the actual... The glass is pristine yes. now. Wow. Yes. Yeah. So the, the, the uh, Nikon FM that we gave away was kind of beat up, but it worked great, mm-hmm. but it had a filter on it, and underneath it was like virgin glass. Mm. So, yep. thanks, so Brian. Just throw another $10 UV filter on there, and you're good to go. That's it. I haven't been using them because I keep, you know, I keep uh, very good care of my cameras. Mm-hmm. Here's a letter from uh, our good friend Diane Fisher, who now posts in our Flickr group regularly. Mm-hmm. On Flickr, she's Tallulah in Montana. Is that right? She wants to say hi, and she says, oh, she won our Polaroid automatic land camera giveaway. You lucky girl. I'm writing to say hi, but I first want to thank you for the great Polaroid 420 I won and received. Well, it's Mm. nice to hear a thank you. Oh, yeah. From the minute I opened the package, Mm. my excitement grew. Look at that. When I finally freed the camera from all the bubble wrap (laughs) and saw that not only was there a camera, but also a DVD, a sticker on the camera, a test shot from my camera mm-hmm. and film in the camera, my excitement could not be That's contained. Right. I ran outside in 20-degree weather Stop it. and shot <laughs> the blue horse trailer on the property and then one of the horses. Yes, because she's, she's on a farm, I guess. Yeah. Yes, there is a learning curve, but I'm already hooked Thanks. That's right. You're a, a, More Fuji. a you're a photography Santa Claus. You are. Oh, absolutely. I still say he's the pusher. Yeah, yeah no, he is I'm a definitely pusher, <laughs> sure. Yeah, if you win a camera on FPP, like you get film, you get first film, one's free. You'll usually get something else. Like he's, he'll send. Hey, you know, here's some here's a one ten camera. You might uh, try. You know. Oh no. Okay. Hey, can I get some said? of that one ten film from you there, Mike? <laughs> sure. Here you go. First you one's go. No, free. First free. Hey. He says so I have a couple <laughs> ideas. First, I think it would be great if some feature on the website for FPP. For FPP to find each other, I would love to uh, find out if there are any more people in in Montana, especially in the Billings area. 
I bet there are, and I'd like to find them. Not to be creepy, I think <laughs> a Montana meetup might be fun. Ooh, cool. Montana is like one of the most beautiful states oh, in yeah. the mm-hmm. Union. Yep. Did yep. we go through there? Mm, no. No? I went through there when I drove across country, wow. to, taking the northern route. We didn't go, no, yeah, we that's didn't what I'm thinking of doing one of those this summer, actually. Me oh. and Anna, I'm thinking of doing a northern route cross country oh, thing. Man, yep. you could do a film photography. Yeah. Go across country. Yeah. Rust belt, you know, a something target, like that. you run in, get your negs. Yeah. Done. Hang out, have some lunch at the Pizza Hut. Bring your scanner with you and upload them that yeah. night. That's right. That's right. Uh, right. And the second thing, I've noticed more than once that you mentioned a summer, a summer road trip in the great U.S. of A. What a better stop on your American tour than Yellowstone National Park. Never been. Oh, wow. You could take Love a breather to. here in Billings where, incidentally, lots of professionally-led photography workshops meet up. Then hopefully gather a group to head into the park 90 miles away. Ansel Adams, once shot in Yellowstone, you know. Matt could take his view camera. And we could photograph him photographing nature. See, that's what we do at FPP. Uh-huh. We, photograph we photograph photographers. Yeah, we photograph photographers. We document documentation of documents. Exactly. There you go. The people documenting. Imagine a bunch of FPP folks standing in front of Old Faithful. Imagine what a bunch of us sh- shooting buffalo or even elk. Uh, With our cameras. Uh, imagine the shots we could take while running from a grizzly. <laughs> okay, joking aside, a trip across the U.S. would be great fun. I think a trip through Absolutely. Montana. Think about it. Yeah, why not? Anyway, anyway, as long as I don't have to sleep in one of those crummy cabins in thanks, the park. Thanks to the great podcast, <laughs> I've been listening for a year and have gone through the whole archive more than once. Wow! Wow! It has inspired me endlessly and pushed me to try different films, camera techniques. I'm currently reading The Negative. And Ansel Adams mm-hmm. and using filters with my black and white. Mm-hmm. Not to mention experimenting with medium format and now the 420. Oh Keep boy. up the good work, Diane. Cool. Wow. That's great. She is on it. Diane, yeah. you are awesome. That's yeah, great. no yeah. doubt. Uh, here's from uh, a note from a, a huge FPP supporter, Johnny Bryan. Johnny regularly sends big boxes of stuff to FPP for our giveaways. Nice. Yeah, appreciate it, Johnny. Mm. Just a note for recent discussion regarding printing of slides. Uh, back in the day, if you had slides and you wanted prints, because there were positives, mm-hmm. they made a special uh, film and paper. It was called Cibachrome. Since back in the day, Cibachrome, that allowed you to directly print from an image, from a slide, note with no internegative. Somewhere I have a box of Cibachromes I, pr- I printed in my sister's darkroom. It was not cheap, but it did allow me to make a direct print hmm. from a Kodachrome slide without making a, a uh, internegative. Mm-hmm. Making a good internegative is not easy. It requires a special copy stand, and a direct copy is always usually better than a copy of a copy. Ciba hmm. sold the process to Ilford, and it's now available as Ilfochrome. Huh. It's still quite pricey, and although I haven't used the process in years, I believe it's somewhat difficult to find the chemistry paper. I also believe the Ilfochrome process is owned by Ilford Paper, not Harmon Ilford, we know, for black and white film. Cibachrome was a beautiful process that complemented Kodachrome. Keep up the excellent podcast, Johnny Bryan. Well, thanks for the info. Yeah, thanks for the info. We talked about Cibachrome uh, quite, a, uh, mm. quite a few shows ago. Here's a letter from Joe Elmore. Uh, this is my first time shooting film on an SLR, and I got to say, I'm hooked. I was given a transparency adapter that made to connect to a HP scanner. It's like an uh, adapter so you could scan slides. Mm-hmm. I modified the plug so I could plug it into the wall. Cool. I'm buying a regular scanner from Craigslist and plan on 
and plan to tear it down and build a switch to turn the lamp on. Sounds like he's doing some Dane yeah. kind of stuff in on here. On the scanner side. Yeah. Scanner so side that I can scan my negatives and retain the ability to scan my existing 4x5 prints. Once I get some photos online, any type of feedback, positive or negative, would be great. From listening to your podcast, I know it wouldn't be very negative, though if you did give some feedback, that would be awesome. Yeah, no. It's just honest, not negative. Yeah, there's some like animals on Flickr. Who, Are they really? Who just, you know. Tear people yes. up. They want to just like, like the glass is always half empty for them. Mm. You know what? It's too bad for them. Screw That's those right. guys. Those guys. <laughs> John said, blank those guys. Uh, in our FPP uh, Flickr group, um, there are so many excellent photographs in the pool. Oh, my God. And it's amazing. I would say it's not a bad photo. So, you know, looking around, like, you may be shooting yourself in the foot by, like, looking for feedback. Like, mm-hmm. if you go on Flickr, other groups, and be like, mm-hmm. hey, man, what do you guys think of Oh, yeah. Bother. You'll attract yeah. a certain... Yeah, don't even bother. You know, because you'll you get the bottom feeders. You'll still let, stir like, up the pot, and the, yeah. the angry feeders will come from yeah. the bottom and Flamers. rip your feet off. I've mm. seen some amazing photos, and I really hope to end up with some great <laughs> shots of my own to print and hang on my wall. Uh, I'm waiting on the developing tank. Oh, this guy's really going at it. Yes. Uh, and he found some stuff on Craigslist for $5. Yep. Yeah, Craigslist. People are like, you use that, the Craigslist? I've used it before in the past, yep. The only thing about Craigslist is you have to like, hey. You have to meet, meet the people. Or you have to you like, have, meet me in I this want, two yeah. guys parking lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it like, gets a little like, yeah, I don't, I don't want I don't want to come to your house, and I don't want you coming to my house. Yeah. So, so I'll, uh, I'll see you on eBay. But Craigslist, you can find amazing deals because uh, people just clean out the yeah. just want to mm-hmm. get rid of stuff. No, we so. just, you t- before there was the free place, that one site, free site or whatever it's right. called, uh, we were cleaning out our old studio. We literally had a bunch of junk on a carpet, and we just took a picture of it, put it on Craigslist, said free, pick it up before tomorrow. It was all yeah. gone. No kidding. Everything, like Holy ashtrays smokes. and like uh, <laughs> old, just stupid stuff, like a sock. You know, <laughs> it was like, it was all gone. Hey, John, go to S-U-G-R-U.com, Shugru.com. Wait a minute. Hold on. He says. Here, wake um, up my camera or my uh, computer. Wake up. Yeah, S-U-G-R-U.com. Sure. S-U-G-R-U. Oh, dot com. He says, here's a S-U-G-R-U. link. S-U-G-R-U. R-U.com. Shugru, hi. I've used it. To repair and enhance camera bodies. S-U-G-R-U? Yeah. It's amazing stuff with nearly unlimited uses. I've used Sugru for an unbelievable amount of stuff, including repairing a chainsaw sheet. Oh, it's the type of glue. Oh. Oh, it says fixed. Sticky stuff. Sugru like, home helps re- home improvers rebuild It's like miracle stuff. Triggers. Like that stuff they used to use to put your posters on your wall. On your yeah, door. so what's the, what's the point? Oh, you being angry? I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, Joe's just talking about getting, like, getting, just advising Joe not to get mocked by, by, and now John's like, what is this good for? Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sugar. I'm talking to you though. He's I'm saying, used, what is it? He's used it to repair and enhance camera bodies. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out. Oh, there you go. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. It's like some that kind could, of wonder chemical. Oh, yeah, okay, sugar. Okay, I see. You've what, heard of it? I see. What, no, I'm just looking at the you, site there. I, I got to get some it of that. Musical instruments. I'm sure. Wow. What does it say? Like about us? About us? Yeah, like about the Sugru. What is it? What it's, do they do? It says it, it bonds to most materials, from aluminum to hard plastics. It's waterproof and even dishwasher proof once cured. It's flexible and grippy once cured. Grippy. Great for putting grippy. feet on things. Feet. Ooh. It says here's all of Sugru's material properties. Informable. Look at this guy. Fix a sneaker fix my with shoe, it. My this shoe guy ain't fix got any... cords, yep. grips, Q 
skis? What is that? Oh, he fixed, look at that guy. It went skiing. Oh, what's this guy? So Suguru looks like an amazing material. Yeah. Gain, it looks like it'll be your best That's friend. it. I'm going to go order some. Because uh, you could like build it up and then use it to like stick inside spools and stuff yeah. instead of yeah, using Yeah, exactly. Like make, uh, make some... Uh, make some Ooh, nice tripod. some noise with that. So thanks for the tip. I'm sorry. I'm grouchy. I'm hungry. <laughs> hey, we're winding. Oh, what camera is that, Dane? Oh, this is the... Uh... Which one is this? Hold it. This, we didn't talk about this one? No, not yet. Next show. What show? What show? This is the, uh, the Agfa Select. Oh, can you look Agfa it up? Select. Agfa Select? Select? Where Can you get us all in or no? Dane is taking a uh, group shot of us. No, this is, this is a funny one because the group shot I'll have to show you how it works. Funny, funny. So like what? I'm a clown. And it has a timer? No way. Way. That. Dane's taking a group shot using a uh, very old Agfa. Okay, and we're going to uh, be leaving you. Let's go eat. Anyway. Yeah, let's eat. Do we hey, say goodbye to everybody? No. Will we thank that guy with the first letter? Yes. All right. I want to thank You tell him I'm sorry for being so pissed off oh, at Sugru? John's grouchy. Sugru's great. You, as a matter of fact, yeah. that may change your life. That's right. I think it will be a life-changing event for yeah. Dane. That's right. I am on that stuff. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Butler Diner or oh. the B&B Deli. I like the deli. You like the deli? I like the that deli. That place kicks ass. Yeah, it's a good place. Yeah. All right, I'm going right. to go. I'm going to bring my uh, Kodak Pony 2. <laughs> Pony it up, boy. I'll bring the uh, 110. Oh, great. Yeah, nice. Great. And uh, we're going to see you in two weeks. Tweaks, tweaks. You sound like a bird. Tell me what movie that's from. I'll give you a dollar. Okay, write in your answers if you want that buck. Okay, wait, wait. What did you just say? Tweaks, tweaks? Tweaks, tweaks. Tweaks, okay. tweaks. You sound like a bird. Right, <laughs> Don't go, worry. This place will be beautiful. Tweaks, tweaks. You sound like... Oh, uh, the house uh, money pit. Ah, bingo. Oh, money pit. Is that worth seeing? It's like, how long is it going to take? Two weeks. Two you weeks. Kept saying you kept saying that. Because everybody's answer was two weeks. How long is that going to take? Two I'm weeks. I'm not a big Shelley Long fan. It's a great no, movie. No, I never really was. Either. It is a good movie, though. Tom Hanks is great in that movie. Is a scene where the bathtub falls through the oh, floor. Yeah. It's one of the funniest oh, things I've real. ever yep. seen. Yep. And Tom Hanks does this like crazed psycho laugh because that was like the ha! last straw. Ha! He's dumping water into the to the tub and it falls through the floor and he's just like. <laughs> he just goes insane. Shelley Long keeps a straight face the whole time. This is on. We're on. Hello, Michael. Oh, hello, Angela. Angie. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the Film Photography Podcast. I'm doing great. Good, I haven't seen you in a long time. No, it's been a long time. I've been. I better turn the music down. You know what it is? It is careful what you wish for. Remember, I'd come into the diner and I'd be like, "Oh, Angela, I have this idea of launching a film photography store." I don't know. Do you think anyone will go there? I don't think so. <laughs> what did I say? It's it's packed. Well, you know. Auntie Angela, she's always like. That's right. I'm responding to your text. Angela just texted me. She's like, "Can you take some pictures?" Oh my God! Can you take not some pictures? Shots, What's that? <laughs> not shots. Oh no, not glamour <laughs> shots. <laughs> well, I I don't know, Angela. If I'm gonna shoot that tattoo, they may turn into glamour yeah. shots. <laughs> well, I was actually thinking, how, uh, you know, yes, we have to get the tattoo in there. Oh, oh dear. When? What, what, tomorrow, you want to shoot them tomorrow? No, I said I had to get tail feathers tomorrow. Oh, tail feathers, yeah. Uh, Angela's getting a tattoo on her back. Is that right? Oh. Yeah, very elaborate. Mm. 
Yeah. I'm sure the Film Photography Podcast listeners would like to see the tattoo. Yes. Yes, I'm sure they would. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm going to do my best to stop in very soon so we could catch up. Okay, great. I still have your Christmas present. Oh, my. It's been since Christmas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, okay. I'll, I'll talk to you very soon. Okay. Okay. Have a nice, have a nice cast. Thank you. Okay. Bye. 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 She's so sweet. She's from the UK. Yes, that's right. Hello. Hello. She's so sweet. Yeah, she's great. She's great. And she, she, you know what? She is. She's cool. She takes. Yes. She's very cool. Yeah, she's very cool. Angela from Max Diner, just very cool. Mm-hmm. Like she never says anything like right out of her mouth. She always has something of value to say. Yes. And always says the right thing. Yes. Yes. Um. Also, you know, um, by the way, after the show ends, I've been putting extra stuff uh-huh. like this. It's going to yep. be like just extra shit. Oh, yep, yep. So this I, is like offline at the FPP. I call this the inner groove. And it's very similar to Ferris Bueller's Day Off in the theater. The credits come up. Yeah, right. And then everyone right. leaves. You're still yeah. here? Yeah, and then he comes <laughs> out. Uh, I started doing this, but now I do it more because Lauren said that she listened to the very end because she was afraid she'd miss something. Yep, yep, that's right. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's like Ferris Bueller like mm. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Bueller. So, so lately I've just been putting stuff at the end. Crazy stuff. So really fast, um, you I guys, curse? every Tuesday, smoothing out, yeah. you guys have like a library now of yes, music. Yes, over 400. We do. It's 465 or something. And oh something amazingly productive about every week creating a new song. Yeah. that's the, and just At least a new song. Yeah, at least one out of the fives or four we try and get something. Do you ever yeah. like make notes like, oh, this one's a great one. We're going to we, rework it. We kind of have mental notes. But we, what I'm actually having is a, uh, I, I'm going to have them put into a database so we actually have them properly. Yeah. So it'll something that will at least have film title, date, and link to the file right. and where it lives online. Right. And then we can go in and fill in, you know, some other columns for details. But I need to get that, that built first. That sounds And then extensive. we can mark it. I think one of our... No. Pro- uh, I'm not doing it, but... I, <laughs> you know, I think one of our projects, because this year we're devoting a great amount of time <clears throat> to um, talking about Super 8 filmmaking. Super! Yep. And Lomo Kino filmmaking. Nice. Lomo Kino. Okay. I'm going to throw it out there. Oh. Maybe some FPP folks want to make music videos. Sure. Like, they'll go to the Smooth Sailor site. Yep. Pick a song they sure. like and that'd make be, a music video for yeah, it. Yeah, good luck. That would be amazing. Yeah. I noticed you have some strange videos. There's, yeah. We've done a few strange ones of us screwing around, and, and when, when we were, we were doing a lot of video. Yeah, the driving always, one. Yeah, somebody's motion. always got – we used to. We used to. I used to set up multiple cameras. We'd do, like, one phone. We'd do somebody else's with a, their little – camera that happens to shoot some video and then a real video camera and then we'd always mix it all together and mm. but i don't have time for that anymore but well, we shot one last week alan did a spinning camera yeah he we that, hooked that it up fun. that's cool but we'll uh but no i mean and also all the music's up there weeps up there to download for free if 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 we were to put anything out it, we'd probably put it out creative commons anyways yeah. it's not like we're mm. doing it to try and you know Get make rich. money you know obviously so that wouldn't then we wouldn't be able to just do the whatever the heck we want every week exactly. you know so well so, I, yeah that's yeah, a good idea that's a great idea if it's anything strikes them i'm going to set up uh i need to set up a better way to kind of play to listen through so i want to have a be able to have a organiza- oh. organized radio kind of thing oh. you could do smooth radio it'll last like seven days 
something, yeah. you know, because if we have so many tracks that mm-hmm. just put yeah, the whole thing on straight. random Jesus. and then you could just have it on. Now, how do you like I use Pandora radio mm-hmm. and I typed in Adam Hart mother because I like long form songs mm-hmm. and it does a whole mashup of even new yep. artists. Do you have to be published in order to be part of Pandora They're radio? curated. Yeah, so they're really think, tough um, to get into. I think CD Baby now offers a service. Maybe CD they try. Baby. They can't. They can't. Uh, they can't promise anything because Pandora is literally. Well, maybe not Pandora, but other yeah. type. Last of FM, you things. can go make your own station right oh. now and upload all your tracks and and put your own stuff and sell your tracks. We right get paid. Uh, you can sell your tracks on Amazon, so it'll link over. Pandora is really getting big now. As a matter of fact, cars now through a satellite. You can get yep. Pandora in your car. Yeah. Like, oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah I have it yeah. on my TV. Yeah, I like. I yeah, love it. Yeah, it's on my TiVo. Has this true? Yeah. yeah. No, it's cool. It's 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 kind of limited, and a lot of times I have it on my phone. You hear a lot of the same thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, me like, too. No, I have it on my iPod Touch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. You know what I have? What? Hunger. Okay. Right. You with I gotta go. Smooth sandwich. Yeah. Peace out. Oh.
Little problem in the kitchen. Nothing trivial. Well, the turkey's done. So is the kitchen. Actually, it's a little overdone for my taste. Let's not go there again. You don't want to tell me what happened? No, I don't. I just want to relax in a nice, lukewarm bath. What about this? I don't think that can hurt us anymore.